To express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. The earth is the cradle of humanity, but mankind cannot stay in that cradle forever. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryant, producer of Express Yourself and Star Cell Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Dia and I'm one of your hosts for today's show. Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on the Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Hi, I'm Nahal, and we have an important announcement. Saturday, September 25th, Be The Star You Are will participate in the first live event at the Pear and Wine Festival with the booth sponsored by La Mirinda Weekly and B. Jesse Painting. Wear your mask and visit us. Many of our Express Yourself hosts and reporters will be on hand. We'll give, be giving away free books and have free activities. We have an amazing show planned for today, all about space exploration. In segment two, Rahani will be talking about space exploration in her teenship reporting. In segment three, Dia and I will be talking about space exploration. And right now, Sydney will be back with the newest edition of her segment, Breaking Boundaries. Hello, Sydney. Hi, everyone. I'm Sydney, and we're back with my series, Breaking Boundaries, where I talk about history, society, and science. For today's segment, I'll be talking about women in STEM. Growing up, at one point in time, almost everyone has envisioned becoming an astronaut. What's not to like? The thought of exploring the great unknown and traveling where few people have ever gone is exciting. However, Historically, not everyone has had access to these opportunities. In fact, it wasn't until recently that women have been included in this conversation. 
In the late 1950s and early 1960s, Project Mercury was initiated by NASA as America's first man in space program. However, NASA only accepted candidates that were trained fighter jet pilots, a position that was only open to men. William Randolph Lovelace, a NASA physician, was curious about whether women were capable of space exploration, so he ran a privately funded program where female pilots were given the same physical and psychological tests as the male candidates of Project Mercury. Can you guess what the results of these tests were? To the shock of everyone at the time, these tests actually concluded that on average, the women performed better than the men. Unfortunately, despite its conclusive results, the program was ultimately canceled. It wasn't until 1978 that the fighter pilot requirement was removed. And in 1983, the United States sent Sally Ride, the first woman into space. While women continue to endure prejudice and discrimination in the fields of STEM, they have claimed their seat at the table. Thanks to their perseverance, we can attribute so many amazing scientific and mathematical discoveries to women. Mary Wallace Funk, one of the original pilots who participated in Lovelace's experiment, ventured into space with Jeff Bezos and his rocket company on July 20th. Funk is 82, making her the oldest person to travel to space. Just as they did nearly 70 years ago, women continue to push the limits of reality and trailblaze the way for other women in STEM. Wow, that was really interesting information. And I totally agree with what you said in the beginning that being an astronaut, especially like as a child, just seems like such a cool job. And I'm glad that it's slowly becoming more equal for women that get the same opportunities, hopefully, as men. And it's also so interesting about the test, about how women actually perform better than men. That's something that I actually like haven't heard, and it kind of does make sense. This um, segment that you've done reminds me of the movie Hidden Figures, I don't know if like the people listening have watched it, but it's basically about um, three women of color who are the first like people, um, women of color in NASA. And it's really fascinating and inspiring for um, other women in STEM or aspiring girls who want to go into the engineering and astronautical fields when they grow up. So kind of along those lines, who was your favorite female figure in um, scientific history? So that's definitely a tough question, but one of my favorites is Elizabeth Blackwell. So she was the first woman in American history to receive a medical degree, and she overcame a lot of gender norms at the time so that she could open a, a clinic in New York to treat underprivileged women and children. And she also later established a medical school for women. So definitely very inspiring. Yeah, and I think it's great that that's like, you know, your favorite female who was like a great, important figure in scientific history. And now in current times, we can see that there's a lot more women that are taking up these STEM jobs and they're becoming very more prominent that women are being in these STEM jobs. So are there any current women that are working in STEM that you admire? 
Yeah, so there's so many, um, but if I had to choose one, uh, Jane Cook Wright is definitely someone that I like really respect and look up to. She actually died in 2013, but she really revolutionized cancer research and chemotherapy, and she's one of many amazing Black women in STEM. Yes, that is so true. I think that she sounds like a very inspirational figure in um, especially trailblazing the way so other women can also have opportunities in STEM because it's so important. So how do you think we can continue to empower women in these fields that are traditionally dominated by men? So I think one of the first steps to take is just recognizing the implicit biases or stereotypes that you may hold or have. And, you know, once you like reach that step, something else that's also really important is spreading awareness. And it's also equally important to remember that you have to make sure that the voices of other minority groups, uh, such as Black and Indigenous people, are heard and celebrated in these fields. Yeah, and I think it's great that, you know, we have to remember that there are so many other different like indigenous people uh, and different races that, you know, are just as equally as important as other people. And they're they're great at the job that they're doing and they should be heard. So going with that, are there any people of color that are astronauts? Definitely. So one person that comes to mind is Macy Jemison. Um, I believe Ruhani will be talking more about her later, but she's an incredible woman. She was a former NASA physician and engineer, and she also, you know, went into space as one of like the first black woman to like go to space ever. So yeah, super inspiring, super incredible. And I think Ruhani will be talking more about that later. Yeah. And I think that's great that you know, there are people of color that are astronauts and hopefully they'll continue to will be. But thank you so much, Sydney. I loved our conversation today, but unfortunately we are out of time for this segment. Please show your love for more segments by donating on btsya.org. Keep listening for more as Ruhani talks in the next segment about space exploration. The star you are light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit be the star you are.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are.org. Be the lucky star you Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. 
Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to segment two where Rouhani will be talking about space exploration and how it correlates to leadership. Take it away, Rouhani. Well, there are so many inspiring people who've really led space explorations or have been involved in them. And um, everyone knows Neil Armstrong, John Glenn, Alan Shepard, you know, these brave, inspiring men we we learn a lot about. And But I can also think of some more underrated names such as Mae Jemison, the first African-American woman in space. So researching about her was super cool. She's a Stanford and Cornell graduate, and she lifted off in the space shuttle Endeavor on September 12th, 1992 um, for NASA's SDS-47 mission. So she basically orbited the Earth for eight days, and she's gotten a lot of acclaim for her work. She's been inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame and the International Space Hall of Fame. And um, another inspiring woman involved with space, space exploration I can think about is Krista McAuliffe. And her story is really tragic, but her she was a teacher from New Hampshire who was selected by NASA for their Teacher in Space project because of her intelligence and STEM fields and her overall dedicated nature and she was going to teach lessons to students while she was in space but unfortunately she passed in the space shuttle challenger disaster in 1986 so she never got to go to space but it's really really cool how her legacy still lives on basically nasa like incorporated her in her original lessons in their 2016 orbital and it was broadcasted everywhere and there are and I just really think that women like Mae Jemison and Krista McAuliffe are such inspirations for girls everywhere. Definitely. And I think that space exploration is like a really awesome and cool thing. And those women do really inspire girls everywhere. I think that what they did and the recognition they got is amazing. And sadly, she did pass away in the Space Shuttle Challenger. But like you said, that her legacy still lives on. And it, again, it's an inspiration for a lot of girls everywhere. So can you think of like any movies about space that you find like really interesting? Well, um, yeah, I can think of Hidden Figures. I think everyone knows that one. It's this true story about Katherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn, and Mary Jackson, these three extremely intelligent black women who made modern space exploration possible. And I watched it when I was 11, and it made me really want to work for NASA, but I realized I would have to be really good at math, which is not my strong suit, but I still love learning, you know, facts about space, and I also love sci-fi as much as the next person, so a good sci-fi movie I can think of is The Martian, which stars Matt Damon. It's about an astronaut stranded on Mars, 
Another one I can think of is Gravity, which is also about a stranded astronaut, but this time it's in space. Sandra Bullock stars in it. And it scared me like a lot when I was younger, but I recently rewatched it and it's a pretty fascinating movie. Yeah, those movies sound so interesting. Hidden Figures, um, even for me, was such an inspirational movie. I think for girls, it's a really great movie to watch, especially if you're interested in pursuing STEM, because it's so cool watching like women break the boundaries of like what society tells them to do. And also, I agree, the movie The Martian is super cool as well. It's um, it's very like a unique concept, and it was just so like interesting to watch. And it's crazy how we've only explored so little of space because it is so interesting and it's so vast that it's just like just so interesting to think about. So it's no wonder that like as humans, we were so interested in it. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's it's crazy. I mean, just thinking about like the sheer size and scale of the universe, it really puts things in perspective, literally. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's crazy of like how many galaxies there are just in space and it always amazes me every time I think about it that right now we're only we only know of one galaxy and we haven't even explored everything in our own galaxy but just think about how many other galaxies there are and all the other crazy things that could be happening right now and going at that like what lessons do you think that we can take out from Earth's size? Um, there's this book I really like and it's called um, Pale Blue Dot by the astronaut Carl Sagan, and it basically tells us not to be scared of our size, but instead embrace it. So the book, it basically starts out with a picture taken from Earth hundreds of miles away and how from that um, from that distance, it looks nothing larger than a pale blue dot, but that same pale blue dot houses everything and everyone we've ever known and is also houses, you know, all the other terrible things such as war and greed, but when you think about it, those things seem so insignificant far away. And it really just teaches me humility and being kinder to one another. Because at the end of the day, we we are just, you know, connected through our small size. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I never read the book, The Pale Blue Dot, but I have seen like a video, like how it puts in perspective, like how tiny Earth is compared to the universe. And for me, I think that at first it kind of like gave me a bit of an existential crisis, <laughs> a milder version of that. But I was just like, wow, like, I guess everything in life is so insignificant. But that's kind of the negative way to look at it. And as you said, the positive way, just thinking about how all the bad things that happen are just so insignificant in the big picture. So I think that um, that's a great way to like look at it as a lesson. So um would you personally want to go into space? And if you had the money, would you go with SpaceX or a different commercial car carrier? Well, it sounds really cool, but I don't know if I'd be like equipped for that. Um, I think you have to be very stealthy and very good at like STEM. But I mean, if I had the resources and the training, I think it'd be pretty cool as long as like there's an opportunity to come back unless like Earth is like inhabitable, which in that case, I would have no choice but to settle. Um, it's just really crazy to think about how maybe in our lifetime, there will be people on Mars and maybe even other planets. And it just it just amazes me how, you know, we see so much of our planet kind of being destroyed at the moment, you know, from ice caps melting to like 
these terrible fires and you see all these billionaires like you know starting to get ready to go and it's like makes me wonder like do they know something like do they know that in the next few years we're gonna have to go or you know yeah it's crazy how like the earth is just in so much disrupt disrupt um destruction and it's just so sad to see um and I agree that, like, it's a bit, like, fishy and suspicious how, like, people are all of a sudden planning on, like, moving to another planet. Because <laughs> at least when I was younger, I thought that was something super, like, like fantasy, like, never going to happen. And I can't believe that's even being, like, um, realistically talked about in, like, our lifetime, at least compared to, like, a few years ago when it wasn't as, like, big of a topic. Yeah, I agree. And... Like, like, just thinking about how small we are again, like, it just really does put things in perspective. Like you said earlier, um, when you think, like, all the bad things seem to melt away, like, every time I get, like, a bad grade or um, something kind of trivial in the long run, I'll be like, okay, there are people trying to go to Mars right now, Ruhani. Like, your problems on Earth are not the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, and, you know... That, that's a good way to, you know, kind of put that in perspective, like that, like you said, like if you get a bad grade, um, kind of like that, you kind of just realize that, you know, people are trying to go to Mars or people are trying to do like this in the space. And, you know, maybe our problem is like kind of like small compared to theirs. But and I, I really like the thinking of that because it kind of also relieves some stress from yourself. Like I know, like right now, like there's a lot of because it's my junior year and I like I started my first day of school today and everything gets like really overwhelmed. Yeah. So I, I think that's a great way to kind of put that into perspective. Uh, and I was kind of wondering, do you like look up at the stars and kind of like wonder what's there at night? Or do you like know the names of some of the stars? Um, I mean, I know some constellations, like basic ones or some major. And there's one like Sirius, which I know from Harry Potter. So like all the stuff I know from like, fantasy novels I will like tell my parents like yeah that's that constellation trying to seem really cool but no I don't know like most of them just like some of them but I love pretending that I have a lot of philosophy inside of me about them yeah and you know I really don't um know much constellations but I really do enjoy kind of looking up at the stars and night like with my my uncle and I, he, me and him, he has like this really advanced telescope, and we would go out wow. to our grand my grandpa's like ranch, and we like look at the stars, and it's honestly really cool to just look at it through the telescope and to see how beautiful it looks, and it's crazy that it's like it's even up there, and we can even see it just with our naked eye. And I have heard there's like an app that you're allowed to like watch the stars. Should we be like using it? I mean, if you can't, I feel like a telescope must be really expensive. I mean, I don't know how much they cost, but I think modern age version to watch the stars, like just to do it through your phone, like, that's so crazy. I, I would use it. <laughs> um, I should probably download it. I don't know the name, but um, I'll like search it up. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I honestly think that like telescopes are a great way to look at the stars, but if you can just look at it from your phone, like such a small device, it's kind of crazy how much like you we yeah. can do nowadays. And it's kind of crazy that they're even doing that with space too, like the commercial flights to top of space to look at Earth. And um, I've actually, uh, the app that we I was talking about, it's called Star Map, and I'm wow. pretty sure you can get it on the App Store, which is great. And uh, yeah, and I, 
I think it's really crazy that, you know, there's just so much up in the sky and in the world that we're like not able to see, but we can kind of see it from just simple things like around our house. Yeah, definitely. And I know when you take like pictures of the moon, it kind of, it looks so small. Like when you take them, like I'll be looking at it like, this doesn't look as pretty as it did in real life. But I mean, there's some like cameras to use that like show every, like every crater on it. And I, I really want to get one of those, but I think they probably cost a lot. I don't know. I have another question. Do you think that, um, like personally, do you think that there um, let life exists on other planets? Wow. Um, I mean, we are so small, right? There's, it's probably something out there. I don't know for sure if it's like they're humans or like tiny microorganisms. I don't know. I know that one of Jupiter's moons has ice on it. I'm not sure which one it's called. I forgot the name, but yeah, it has ice on it. And I'm pretty sure they found evidence of water on Mars a long, long time ago. So maybe when Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or whoever uh, settles on Mars, they'll find it for us. It'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. I think that like the probability of life existing on other planets is like, it's definitely somewhere there. And I think that like, especially if there's water, there has to be some sort of like organism that's kind of similar to humans or something similar to Earth. Because if the habitats like Earth, there like should be some sort of organism that's from Earth. Yeah, I agree. So um, that's all the time we have for the segment. But thank you so much um, for giving this really interesting knowledge. And please show your love for more segments by donating on btsya.org. Keep listening for more as Nihal and I will be talking more about space exploration in the next segment. The star you are light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit be the star you are.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are.org. Be the lucky star you Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. 
Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about space exploration. I am so excited to have Michal with us today. Yeah, so in 1958, space exploration activities became part of this new agency, which we know now as NASA. And in the U.S., space exploration was worldwide. The Soviet Union, they were the first to launch a satellite called Sputnik, which is the first satellite to be in full orbit around Earth. And with this launch, this caused a space race around the world. But the launch of Sputnik 2 had the Soviet Union ahead of all the other countries. Then America was able to successfully launch a satellite called Explorer. America was also the first to land on the moon with Apollo 2. Space exploration has always been fascinating and will continue to be fascinating as people such as Jeff Bezos have made a trip to space. Wow, yeah, that is so cool how um, the first space exploration was started in NASA, but the Soviet Union actually beat us to it twice, and then only then did America successfully launch a satellite. So I think that's a really cool anecdote. And um, I think that space exploration is super fascinating. I agree with that. And um, I'm really excited to see like what a lot of the um, people like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk have planned for the future. It sounds so interesting. So what do you really think about space exploration? Uh, space exploration, I personally think, is really amazing and fascinating. There's just so much in our galaxy that has yet to be uncovered. Like, it's just crazy to think about what's on planets and galaxies like that we don't even know. Like, there could be aliens on planets in different galaxies right now. And when I look at the stars at night, it always amazes me to see how many there are that we can just see. But there are probably millions more that we're, like, not able to see. Yeah. Um, space is just so huge that there's just so many planets and galaxies outside our own. And it's crazy to think about, like, how there's probably aliens. There's just probably so many different things that humans are yet to explore and may never end up exploring just because of how big space is. So, yeah. Um, do you have any personal favorite movies about space, such as The Right Stuff or Apollo? Um, yeah, I recently watched uh, the Apollo, uh, which I think was a great movie. I also watched The Martian Interstellar, um, which I really love. Like Martian really kind of put it into perspective for me, like how, you know, life on Mars could be like, obviously it that didn't that's not how life on Mars will be lived. But that does kind of show that, you know, we're gonna have to grow our own agriculture. It's kind of really dry. I mean, there is a little bit of water that they found on Mars, but, you know, we're going to have to find our own water source. We're going to have to find our own, like, electricity. We're going to have to, it's going to take a while before we're able to have uh, Mars be able to be livable. And another couple of movies that I really love are Star Wars um, that I, it obviously doesn't represent space at all, but it's just crazy to think that, in Star Wars, like they jump from planet to planet. On every planet, it's just 
completely different. Um, there's like on one planet, there's like these creatures that look like aliens. Another planet, it's just humans. On one planet, it's completely controlled by the bad guys in the movie. And it's crazy to see that eventually, hopefully that could be the future where people are just able to go from planet to planet or galaxy to galaxy. And it's crazy to think that that just that movies, those Star Wars movies are amazing. And another movie that I really loved when I watched with my mom as a kid was E.T. Um, E.T. was, it, it was really funny. It first scared me when I was a little kid because I didn't like the way they E.T. looked. But it was it was amazing to kind of see how, like, they took care of E.T. and then they put him a spaceship. And that at that point, when I watched that movie, that's when I kind of started believing that, you know, there could be such a thing as aliens. And eventually, or maybe not, we will see them. Um, and another great movie that I really like are the Guardians of the Galaxy series. They are really... I think they're really, really good. Um, that it just like again, like they're part of Marvel and like in the Avengers Endgame, they all kind of meet each other. But you know, like they go from planets, different planets in their spaceship. They fight the bad guys. They kind of found Thanos on like a different planet, and it's kind of crazy to think that there's so many of like these movies that represent like um, just life in space or like how it could be or how it would be eventually in the future uh and i think that those movies even though they don't represent what life would be like in space i think it's really great to kind of see how people can vision space and how that's how people vision space to be like or going from different planets to be like or how creatures on different planets would look like and i think it's really amazing that those movies are there and you know, they're they kind of they're entertaining, they're really entertaining, and they kind of, I guess, teach kids in a way, or even grown-ups, kind of what it would be like. And I think that it's really great that it kind of shows that. And it's kind of a little bit off topic from space, but like the movie Planet of Apes, they that wasn't really about you know then going from planets to planets or going to different galaxies. It was kind of just that. The apes that they were on Earth, they talked, they wanted to take control over. They didn't really want to take control over it. They wanted to be friends with the humans, but the humans didn't allow it. And that kind of, I guess, shows in a way that, you know, maybe in a different planet, there's apes that can talk like humans and do things like humans. And I, again, like, I think these movies are really entertaining and kind of show people's different visions of what space would be like. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that these types of movies do a really great job with showcasing how like how like everyone has a different perspective of life on life outside Earth and it's just so interesting to watch. And yeah, um when you mentioned the Martian movie, that was a movie that like I thought was so interesting when I watched it. Except now when I'm like looking back at it, I'm a few years older and I think that it is a bit real unrealistic. Um, because basically if you don't, um, if the people listening haven't heard of The Martian, it's basically a movie about this, um, man who's an astronaut, he goes to space and he gets left behind by his crew. So he has to live on Mars for a year. And I think that it's very unrealistic that like he actually survives a whole year, but I definitely think it was like a really interesting movie to watch. 
And um, yeah, I think E.T., when I watched that as a kid, it also scared me, even though it's not really meant to be a horror movie. Um, I guess E.T. just looks very scary. But yeah, I think that um, E.T. is a very cool movie as well. It shows that if um, if aliens come, you know, they, they might not be enemies, they could be friends. And I think that's just a really cute idea. So I actually haven't um, heard or watched of the movie Apollo. So I was wondering if you have like a summary of it that you could just share. Um, yeah, I kind of watched it like a while back. Um, but basically kind of what happens in Apollo is that there, it's kind of like, so it's kind of, I guess, based off of um, the, the, like the, space shuttle that went to uh, moon and the first like the first people there but Apollo 11 was more of like a documentary it wasn't really like um I guess kind of like a fiction fictional movie or it wasn't really like a uh movie where like they had like, aliens on planets or kind of like the Martian was it was more like a documentary of the real Apollo 11 the space shuttle that went to the moon and in that documentary they kind of take us through like the Apollo 11 mission what like the people at NASA were doing what Neil Armstrong was kind of doing to prepare and what he did when he went there and it was just it was just basically about the Apollo 11 the one the first space flight that allowed like people like Neil Armstrong Michael Collins Charles Duke to go to uh the mood and be able to walk and even in the movie they did actually have the people that went to the space to the moon, like Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, as the actors, which because it's mostly a documentary, but they also had them as actors in the movie too. I I think that all that movie was just really great, and that Apollo 11 kind of it just represents the story of the moonwalk and how America was the first to be there, and it shows the history behind Apollo 11 and why America did what they did to get to the moon. Yeah, I think after hearing your description of it, it sounds very interesting. And I feel like it would really like um, help me understand this historical moment. Cause I know it just like from learning about it in school, like the landing of the moon, but I think that watching this would be very interesting and like a good opportunity to learn more about this topic. So another um, movie that I really love is Hidden Figures, and it's basically about three women, um, basically in the 1900s, where women of color, or just women in general, were not really allowed to work at NASA, and they kind of fought against that. They faced a lot of gender discrimination, and as well as racial discrimination, and I just thought it was so inspiring as a woman of color who wants to do STEM to watch something like that, and it's a movie that I would just recommend to everyone. Have you happened to watch this movie? Yeah, I actually did watch the movie, and I also think that it's just a great movie. Um, it kind of shows like the potential of anybody, and as we know back then, uh, it, it there was racism going on, and people didn't believe that women could do the same thing that men could do. But they, in the movie, they did it much better than the men could. They figured out things that the men couldn't even figure out, and. I think it was amazing to watch that those obviously it was based on real people and those but based off of those real people that they did the same thing that they were doing in the movie. And I think that it's 
it's really inspiration for a lot of people, including like many little girls that kind of like women in general, just saying that we, they can do the same thing as men and even better. They're, they're, like it shows that it gives them inspiration and it gives them, and as you can see now that there's more people in jobs that have to do with STEM that are women and they do a much better than job than some of the men could do. And it kind of shows the world and society that women are equal as men or even better than men in certain ways. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And another movie that I want to talk about is Passengers. So if you haven't watched it, here's kind of like a brief summary. So it's with um, Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. And it's basically the premise of the movie is that passengers, um, basically very like rich people on this space um, vacation, they basically have to go on a 90 year long journey. And then they get to have like eternal paradise on this planet, but basically to preserve their body, because usually humans die within 90 years, they are like in this coma, this coma where they're like preserved with their age. And then they have like, once they reach 90 years later, they have a full life on the planet. So basically something goes wrong. And um, the man, Chris Pratt, has to wake up from his sleep and he's just alone. And imagine that waking up on this boat or like the ship is basically a death sentence because he has to just live the whole life by himself and he gets really lonely and he makes a really um selfish decision which is to wake up another person kind of so he has company but by doing this he also dooms her life just to be on the ship so i thought that this was a really interesting plot i've never like heard of something like that so yeah i kind of um that's a movie that i recommend have you happened to watch this movie um, I actually did not. I have seen the trailer of it, and some of my family members have told me to watch it. It's really good, and I will probably watch it, and I think that it's amazing, like, again, kind of like the summer you gave it. Like, you know, they woke up at the wrong time, and before the sh uh, their spaceship got to the destination, and it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, that could happen, like, in the future when people are going to space, and they're in, like, these containers that like freezes their body but what if it opens on an accident and it's a good thing they there's open on an accident like it's not really a good thing but it was helpful to them because they were able to detect the problems on the spaceship and i think that that's still like i guess a worry of what can happen in the future when people are going to space and what like there's always that i guess panic that you know anything can happen when people are going to space like like example for this movie or like even all the other movies like Martian, someone could be left behind and they're going to have to survive. Like there's always that little panic and worry that these movies kind of bring to everyone. But they also show the like life of space and how people vision it. Yeah, I think a lot of these movies do a great job of portraying kind of like all aspects of it, the concerns and also the benefits of like space traveling. So on another note, um, do you think that aliens or just life on other planets exist? Um, I do think they exist, uh, whether they may be like in small microorganism form or like bigger than us. I do think that aliens do exist, but, you know, we just have yet to see the proof. I know a bunch of people say, oh, they're, they don't exist. It's fake. But I guess it's everyone's opinion to what. They think, but I do think that there is something out there, but we just have yet to see it. 
Um, yeah, I agree. I think that aliens exist, but they might not be like, first of all, what's portrayed in movies like E.T. That's just like a kind of fun way of portraying them. Um, but at the same time, it may not be like what humans consider to be life because um, like humans consider life to be like kind of things that drink water, that breathe carbon dioxide, because that's how conditions are on Earth. But if you take a planet that doesn't have any of that stuff, I think that life could still exist, but it just not might be like what we consider as life, which um, I think is really cool. But it would be in some situations, it may be impossible for us to even know, because if they're not what we consider life, we can only detect life on other planets that look or are, are like life on Earth. I'm not sure, like, how much of that actually, like, kind of makes sense, but I just think it's a really interesting topic to mull over. So do you think that, like, how in movies aliens come to the planet and they take over or, like, they visit Earth, do you think that's a possibility? Um, I don't doubt it, but I also don't see that happening in the near future. I do know that recently there you know has been people citing ufos and things like that but i don't you never know what those kind of pictures well someone photoshopped it or if it was fake or real but i don't doubt that it'll happen but i don't see it happening like likely in the near future yeah i agree i think that um that it's a possibility but people at least the sightings that like have been like recent up until this point are in my opinion imaginary fake like people might have just been pretending to see it just to get like online fame but um yeah I, I don't think it's something that's at least going to happen in the near future but obviously um the future is unknown so who knows so what do you think about tourists going to space I know that that's been like a huge industry recently and I think it's super cool how this is even being talked about in our lifetimes yeah, and I think it's amazing that, you know, soon tourists are going to be able to go to space. Like, as we know that Jeff Bezos, he took a couple people with him to space. And even now I see in the news that, like, aircraft airlines are starting to make their own space shuttles. I think Virgin Airlines, they started making their own aircraft that can take people from space to, like, the top of Earth and back in the same day and safely. And I think it's amazing that that can happen and that people are able to see how beautiful our planet will look from the top. And But I also think that before we start doing that soon, we should really test the aircrafts multiple times. Be careful about everything that we do because we don't want to take people up there and it malfunctions or something bad happens. And we just want people that go there to be able to feel safe and go there to enjoy Earth, but not have to panic and worry if something will happen. But I think that in the near future, people will be going to space, just like right now as people go to Disneyland. It'll be kind of like an attraction for people. Yeah, that is so cool how the airlines are actually starting to like plan out shuttles to take people off of space like so kind of casually like because usually when you go to space, it's something super planned out, which obviously these will be. Like, they're very trained, like, astronauts, but, like, the fact that normal people who haven't been training, like, for years will be doing that is insane. And I agree that it is something super dangerous going to space, so 
they definitely need to be careful because there's so many things that could go wrong possibly. So I think that um, there's definitely a lot of precautions and like testing that needs to take place before they should do it, especially for their own legal reasons for the company. And I think that there's so much innovation and there's so much like so much innovation happening, especially in this industry that I think that soon it will be common or at least well known for people to actually be doing space travel, at least for the rich. Um, I think it will take some time before it becomes like so common as Disneyland, but it's definitely very cool how fast it's like transforming. So how can people that are not able to go to space explore from home? There are so many ways like one thing I love doing is looking at the stars from the telescope and as simple as it sounds you can see so many things just in the sky and that's one reason why I think it's really cool that you know there's inventions such as telescopes and how that they're like very beneficial for people that you know want to maybe pursue a career like children want to pursue a career in space or become like part of NASA and even adults who have spare time and they are also fascinated about space and they want to look at the stars. I think that telescopes are a great way to do it, but there's also so many podcasts and eBooks that people can read or listen to and they'll just hear so much fascinating information found about space that you usually won't hear on the news or on like a news outlet. And there's so many podcasts on Spotify that I've seen before and I found that just talk about space and the future of space, what people can do about space, how people can, you know, how people are going to be able to live on Mars. And I've listened to those and I think it's really fascinating. And even something as simple as, you know, going outside in the nighttime, laying in the grass or laying wherever that you can are able to see the stars. It's you're able to see a lot. You're able to, you know, count the stars. You can sometimes even see like these different phenomena, such as like a meteor shower or like a shooting star happening. And I have once before when I was driving home from my grandparents' house to my house, I've seen a shooting star just go across the front windshield. And I thought, wow, it's really cool. And, you know, now I like looking at the lunar eclipses or like the different colored moons. And I think it's really amazing that, you know, we can see those without a telescope and just from our naked eye. Yeah, I agree. I think it's so cool how, like, you can just see, like, so much stuff just without telescopes or fancy equipment. And, yeah, I think that telescopes are super cool as well, like, looking into one and seeing just, like, so many things that you can't see with your own eye. And I think stargazing is super good as a pastime to just, like, kind of relax because there's something about the stars that just makes it so, um, like, relaxing and it puts everything in your life and perspective and just gives like mental clarity. So I love that as well. So um, I also love planetariums. I think that they're super cool. And I went to one when I was younger, um, that's like an hour away. And it's just so cool, like sitting in a room and it's like you're actually in space and it's just like super cool. So have you ever been to a planetarium before? Yeah, when I was little, I went to this planetarium in the Bay Area and I also you know like you said I found it really fascinating like that you know we were able to sit in like this small room and you know they were able to show like these different constellations and you know just walking around there we were able to see like information about planets that I never do before and I thought that planetariums are amazing and I think it's really cool that 
they have planetariums because you can really educate children who, you know, are interested by space or want to be working for NASA, that they can, you know, go do something fun, but learn about it at the same time. And I really like planetariums and I think that they're really cool. Yes, I totally agree. And um, so personally, what do you think some of the most important things that we see as humans that we can learn from exploring space? Space exploration teaches us about like our role in the solar system and it helps us form a bond with other nations. Like, you know, for example, the space race that, you know, at that time, sure, they were competing for the first satellite to go to space, but you know, everybody was so distracted by that. There wasn't no, there wasn't much conflicts going on between countries. And I think it can help us form a bond with other nations. Like for example, during COVID, the vaccine, different nations came together to help build, build and bring the vaccine to people. And the same thing can happen with space and people trying to go to space or go to Mars. And it also helps us learn about the dangers that, you know, Earth can encounter like asteroids or like meteor showers or anything like that can, you know, damage Earth. And it helps us be aware of that. But it also, most importantly, like addresses our curiosity about like the universe that we live in. And, you know, there's so much that in the universe that we don't know that our imagination can run wild within. There can be anything. But I think that exploring Earth, or I'm sorry, exploring space is an amazing thing that it could teach humans so many things. Wow, that was really interesting. And yes, uh, space exploration does also help connect like humans in general, not just um, like it. People think of space exploration as only like focusing on what's outside Earth, but I think it strengthens it as well because it brings together a lot of teamwork and collaboration across other countries, which I think is so cool. So now I want to shift the focus and talk a bit about SpaceX. Yeah, for sure. So what is SpaceX? SpaceX is an aerospace company founded by Elon Musk, who is my favorite billionaire and innovator. I think he is so cool and everything he's done in his life is amazing. So the company was made with the goal of reducing space transportation costs to enable the colonization of Mars. So personally, what I think is so cool about SpaceX is that it is the first company to ever launch its own rockets to the International Space Station and have them return completely intact to Earth. Yeah, and I think that's amazing. Like, I also really love Elon Musk, uh, things he does with Tesla, and SpaceX, now, like you said, it's all really amazing and fascinating. It's kind of crazy to see how his brain works and how he comes up with all these amazing things. So going with that, how exactly did SpaceX start? Yeah, so I think that the story of how SpaceX started is so interesting because it was by accident. So SpaceX, um, in 2002, Elon Musk went to Russia to get a missile He's um, like super, I don't know the word for it, but he's just super curious. So he just wanted to um, send mice and other creatures back to Mars and back home safely in hopes that this will draw attention and get the world excited about space and get funding for NASA. However, the rocket that he got from Russia wasn't really good. It didn't work well. So he decided to build one himself, um, therefore creating SpaceX, which 
in my opinion, he sees something that doesn't work and he makes it himself, which is a sign of a true entrepreneur. Yeah, and that's crazy. I never knew actually that SpaceX, you know, kind of was an accident. And I think that, you know, that's really amazing how he just went to go get a rocket. It didn't work well. And he kind of used his brain to just build himself one and kind of, you know, do the things he does now. And going with that, what exactly is a Falcon 9 rocket? According to CNET, Falcon 9 rocket is a two-stage orbital rocket that has been used to launch satellites for companies and governments, resupply the International Space Station, and also send the U.S. Air Force's super-secret space plane on its mysterious long mission. Wow, that's actually really cool that... You know, it's kind of like a two-orbital rocket, and I've seen a couple of those, and I've actually heard of Falcon 9 from my friend, and I was, like, so fascinated by it, and I think that it's really cool. It's a really cool rocket and what it's used for. Um, kind of also going with that, what exactly is Starlink? Starlink is also something that is super cool. Um, it's a way to bring the universe to us, and the way it's done is to use 42,000 such a big number of high-speed satellites so the whole world has high-speed internet access and i think it's so so crazy elon musk first of all has four different companies and even like within each company like spacex it's in so many different directions it's not just launching rockets it's like creating starlink and just doing so many different things which i think is so crazy how all these ideas stem from like one person yeah, and I that's really crazy. I've actually heard about Starlink from my uncle because he got it. Um, I don't know exactly what well, he does. He doesn't have it yet, but he like pre-ordered it and put like a deposit down for it. And it's crazy because he lives in the middle of the mountain, so he doesn't have a lot of he doesn't have great internet. And I think that it's really crazy that he Elon Musk is able to do that and. For people like my uncle who live in the middle of the mountains or don't have great internet, they're able to have these high-speed internets. And I think that it's really amazing that something like that is happening. And it's just crazy to see how much Elon Musk has benefited the the world through his inventions, what he's been doing. And I think it's really amazing. So thank you so much, Dia. I absolutely loved our conversation today. But unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. With so much conflict in the world, space exploration can be a beacon of hope. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine. Between the lines, if you would let yourself go, find some place you.